Welcome to episode 403. Today, I'd like us to riff over something that I saw on Instagram. For those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I believe that a lot of stuff that we see out there about uh, business, personal development, and stuff like that, whatever it is you can find, you can always find a way that the sales perspective is going to um, come in handy to illuminate and enrich um, what we do in our day-to-day not just as uh, business owners, but also as individuals. So that's the reason why sometimes I make these episodes where I find something on the gram and then I come up over here so that we can riff on it. Um, not only just uh, to get us uh, moving along in um, our goals, but also just uh, that we appreciate the um, richness and the depth that having a foundation in um, sales discipline, um, selling practice, selling theory, sales philosophy, those sorts of things, how we can um, deeply um, inform and impact our day-to-day. So with that introduction out of the way, let's get straight to this uh, little thing that I saw on Instagram. Now, it was uh, something titled Tips for a Productive Day. And number one there was set goals. Number two, improve email etiquette. Number three, take small breaks. And then number four, stop multitasking. Now, that was all that was on the post. And I guess it's good. It's nice. It's, um, okay, I was going to say informative, but it's not really informative since um, there's not much um, of a breakdown or, excuse me, there's not much uh, detail there about how these things um, are going to help. So for the average person, you might come across this and it seems uh, nice And uh, yeah, you smile at that and then you scroll away and you haven't uh, come away um, richer. But for those of us who have a um, sales philosophy um, behind us and appreciation for how sales can, um, sales discipline and sales practice can uh, inform and improve what we do, um, trying to understand or flesh out how these things can be productive isn't that much of a big deal. So that's what we're going to uh, do here today. So let's uh, start riffing. Now, first off, um, there's the question of what is a productive day. Now, if you listen to uh, different kinds of business commentators, especially now that this whole thing of um, work-life balance uh, and then people's uh, mental health and uh, blah, 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 and stuff like that, they, they are important. I'm not trying to denigrate them. I'm just trying to say that today the business conversation has gone uh, beyond your economic productive capacity. So there are going to be lots of um, ideas about what a productive day is. But I just want to point out that we are talking squarely about a business context here. Uh, just in case later on in the podcast, somebody says that the um, way that we're looking at um, a productive days are necessarily limiting. So let me just uh, put it out here from the get-go that we are just looking at things from a, um, a business context. So a productive day, in that case, um, for me, is a day where your activities contribute to the profit line of the business or the bottom line or the top line. I should have done research by now to figure out what is the correct way in accounting to call it. Do we call it the top line or call it the bottom line? So uh, for now, I'll just call it the profit line until I go and uh, do some research and find out exactly what we call it. So um, if the activities contribute to the profit line of the business or the growth of the business, then it is a um, productive day. 
So the tasks that we do don't have to be profit-inducing today. So if you're doing a task today and it doesn't bring in Naira and Kobo or dollars or pounds or Bitcoin, it doesn't mean that that has not been a productive day. So long as this particular task that you're doing works over time to the overall um, overall growth of the um, business. Because some folks might say, um, all I did today was handle the back-end um, office uh, stuff. Uh, okay, no. Oh, let's say back-end digital stuff like responding to uh, Instagram engagements and then things like that. So primarily, yes, they are not productive, but in a sense, you can see how um, they aid to the overall um, growth of the business. If in moderating your Instagram comments and stuff like that, you're actually engendering conversation with um, prospects, you know, people who didn't uh, know you before and who have just come to uh, know you and uh, like you. And the whole goal of having these conversations is to get them to trust you uh, so that you can start having business conversations um, later on. So, uh, like I said, the tips in question that we're going to be looking at are setting goals, improving email etiquette, taking breaks, and to stop multitasking. Now, setting goals um, obviously helps with the overall profitability of the business because we need to have a target to hit. And then that target is going to determine the kinds and the level of activities that we have to cascade to um, achieve those goals. In other words, let's say you're a wedding planner or a wedding photographer and, um, oops, excuse me. Okay, yeah, I was mid-sneeze. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, the uh, kids have a cold again, and they're sneezing on me constantly, so I think I'm coming down with uh, something. So that's why the constant um, sniffling. I know. Okay, so back to where we were. Um, okay, I was coming up with a hypothetical. So you're a photographer, you're a wedding planner, or you sell inverter batteries, and let's say you did maybe... Um, 5m in profits last year and you appreciate the way that it improved your quality of life because you guys were able to take a holiday uh maybe you're able to um get a brand new car okay no you can't get a brand new car on 5m but anyway let's just say it improved your quality of life and so because of that you guys want to go from 5m to 7m now um because of that you're now going to have some um specific uh tasks and activities that you have to um that will cascade down from that because if as a wedding planner with, uh, let's say, 5 or 7M profits, you did uh, 20 weddings last year uh, at a profit margin of, okay, let me not do the math on air so that folks will know that the reason why I studied law was because I was bad at math. So I'm not going to do the math here. So basically, you're going to figure out that uh, to get to that, um, to, uh, last year's uh, 5M profits was X number of weddings. And so if you're going to scale that out, you know that you now have to do X uh, plus 2 or X plus 3 or X plus whatever. And of course, that informs um, whether you're going to double down on the Facebook campaigns or if it's because you think the optic was because you attended bridal shows, then you know that you need to attend more and then on and on and on. So the overall goal that you have is going to determine what are the extra stuff that you need to do to hit those goals. That's what I mean by the um, activities will um, cascade on from, um, from there. So, uh, let's see, what else? Okay, yeah, uh -huh. so uh, back to this thing about um, activities, talking about levels and kind of activities. We have to make sure that these are sales generating activities. Some people call them revenue generating activities, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And these are activities that uh, uh, revolve around looking for people to talk to either online or in person, 
screening folks who have indicated uh, interest, you know, so when people call up or they hit you on the DMs, you have to be able to have the conversation to weed out the serious from the unserious, like we say over here, because there's no point in having conversations with people who have no interest in buying today or um, not anytime, <clears throat> anytime soon. You know, people who are just calling in because um, uh, they're curious. So we have to screen these folks who have uh, shown some kind of interest. Then we also have to uh, fulfill the order, make sure everybody is happy, um, continuing to build relationships with clients so that we can get some repeat business and referrals. So all the activities that are related to or tied to these activities are the kinds of things that we talk about traditionally when it comes to sales. Um, sales discipline, that's what we refer to as sales generating activities or rev um, revenue generating um, activities. So you see how the thing about moderating your Instagram feed, you know, can be a sales generating activity if it is part for looking for people to talk to online who could be potential buyers in the future. But then if all the time you spent on Instagram was just um, flicking through for the latest gist or the latest gossip, then this is obviously not a revenue um, generating activity. So the kinds of things you should be doing should be built around that. Sales generating activities, revenue generating activities, or whatever it is you call it in your own um, discipline, because that's what salespeople call it. But I wouldn't be surprised if you talk to um, project management people and they call it something else, or if you talk to architects and maybe in architecture, they call it something else. That's the kind of um, where you focus your tasks, whether you're focusing your tasks on um, drawing or other things like managing client relations or talking to potential customers that bring in uh, the money. So other activities that you do, like keeping the office clean, uh, keeping the house clean, making sure papers are properly filed, making sure your database is well ordered, uh, getting stationary, blah, blah, blah. Things like that are important, but they don't have to be done um, first thing in the day because they're not revenue generating activities. And we want to ensure that we do all that stuff when we are all uh, nice, well rested and uh, prepped up for the day. Now, improving email um, etiquette, how can that be a productive activity? Well, it can be productive because, uh, first of all, it's outward-facing, and then it helps us communicate um, effectively um, with our potential customers and other stakeholders, and then that way we're able to move the agenda forward um, with them, and that's why it's a productive um, a productive um, activity. So if you listen to yesterday's episode, or was it two episodes back about um, raising finance and how to deal with uh, possible investors and financiers, then email etiquette is going to be something that will help um, with that because it's helping you to bring in the capital that is going to finance um, the business until the sales start coming in. And then, of course, if you're trying to get um, revenue not from uh, not from uh, financiers, but you want to get from customers directly so that you can bootstrap, then improving your email etiquette is also important because it's not every time that you hit people up on the phone that you're going to get through. And then there are some people who don't like phone calls. Uh, for me, I find it surprising because I think phone calls are the most efficient way to get about um, to get about um, business in general and in planning a wedding. It's nice to be able to talk to your wedding photographer, you know, Sharply and other vendors and get things um, moving. But there are some people who... Uh, some people who, there's some brides and grooms who don't think that way. In fact, I had a bride that we did everything through email. I think it was some close to 50-something emails. And I didn't even get to see her or talk to her until I had paid the deposit. That's the first time 
sorry, until she had paid the deposit. That was the first time um, that it has ever happened, and I thought it was quite weird. I assumed that the average Nigerian is going to want to see someone or talk to someone before you transfer a couple of hundred uh, thousand naira, but well, then I can't argue with that. So some people are email people, and um, yeah, so email etiquette uh, definitely. Uh, email etiquette definitely um, helps because it's um, outward facing. Then um, another thing, email etiquette, if you're really good at email, is going to have people feeling validated and listened to and then it's also going to make people empathize uh, with you, empathize with us. Um, so it makes it easy to carry on uh, conversations and it will make us appear as credible uh, professionals because if our email game is crap, most people are going to use uh, are going to assume especially nigerians because you know how it is when we get to primary school and um the uh what's that word there's an emphasis that we uh place on uh coming correct um sounding right looking right uh things like that so if you come out the gate with um crappy emails then folks you just assume that you are um unprofessional so email etiquette um yeah, it's going to be uh, really good helping us uh, come across as credible uh, professionals. Now, taking small breaks, uh, that one might be harder to argue um, uh, to see how that's a productive um, productive activity. <clears throat> so, excuse me, how that's a productive activity. But then from a sales perspective, um, any sales trainer that you listen to will tell you that taking small breaks is going to help. <clears throat> so, excuse me is going to uh, provide room for you to rest and um, refocus and that's going to help with vitality and you really need that when you're reaching out to customers and other stakeholders um, in business for those of you who have had to take a meeting with the bride or the groom or any other party and you're just recovering from malaria or you're hung out and you haven't had enough sleep you, you realize that it doesn't um, make for the best uh, presentation so uh, taking small um, breaks is going to help because uh, it's going to help with um, your focus and uh, vitality so taking small breaks even though technically speaking some people say it's doing nothing actually is going to help your productivity um, over the long run now getting rid of multitasking is also going to help productivity because it will allow you to um, focus on the all the activities that we have um, outlined earlier and if you've been listening to the episode for any length of time, especially the episode that I had on multitasking, you know, there's research out there that shows that multitasking, um, when, when you're multitasking, you're not really multitasking, you're actually context switching. You're only paying attention to one thing at a time, but you're just hopping from uh, task A to task B. You're not really doing A and B at the same time. And so because of that, there's um, cognitive overload. Basically, your brain is working um, harder and it's working slower. Uh, so, um, at the end of the day, you may have spent more time and um, exerted more um, effort rather than if you had just uh, uh, batched your um, activities. They say, I'm going to do everything related to project A and wrap it up, then do everything related to project B and then um, wrap it up. And then there's some research that shows about how um, it might affect your, uh, what's the word? Is it effectiveness? Effectiveness and accuracy? Uh, you know something like that so bottom line if you want to get things done uh, quicker for um, most people and you want to make sure that you did a bang up uh, a correct job the first time then multitasking should not be um, for you then multitasking also might lead to distraction because it slows you down because of the cognitive um, overload yeah that's something that i've mentioned and then plus it doesn't help if sometimes the multitasking that you're doing involves the social media so if you're trying to 
respond to emails and you figure, okay, while I'm responding to emails, let me get up on my Instagram engagement, uh, clear out the DMs and then um, engage with people who have liked or shared or stuff like that. Um, well, you know, you know how it can be. Um, so you're switching and then you're on uh, Instagram and then that video about Bolatin Nubu and his hand shaking comes there and then comes up on the timeline and then you watch it and then you're laughing and then next thing you're reading and uh, you go down that whole rabbit hole of uh, Nigeria, where are thou, elections, blah, 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 and all whatnot. So, uh, yeah, multitasking can lead to distractions. So are these tasks productive? I hope I've been able to convince you that, yes, they are, because they will help advance the bottom line of the business or the top line. I really should go figure out whether it's top or bottom. If you're an accountant, uh, hit me up. Um, uh, yeah, hit me up. Messages, DMs, you know, whatever, and let me know so that I can start using the proper term um, once and for all. Uh, but most of all, I hope I've been able to demonstrate that these are the chief benefits that you are going to have when you take a sales-oriented um, way of looking at uh, life and business. It helps flush out all these truisms that you come across. And then you have a, a yardstick or some foundation against which you can um, question some things. So if people say, is this going to be, uh, these are the tips for a productive day, or these are tips for this, these are tips for that. You have some um, rational basis, some background against which to measure it, to say, yes, this measures up, or no, it doesn't. And if you don't have uh, this kind of... Um, or let's say framework or worldview or whatever it doesn't have to be a worldview but the thing is if you don't have some kind of framework or worldview then essentially you're going to be going from uh one nice sounding uh instagram quote to another to some brilliant uh, tweet to another to another and you're going to be uh, pushed to and fro and at the end of the day you're just getting all kinds of uh, fancy ideas that um you're not going to be able to applying in a practical sense might make you feel good but you're just consuming all kinds of stuff without moving um, forward so uh, that's the reason why i um, advocate for those of you who listen to this podcast and those of you that i um, run into eventually in person that's the reason why i think having a sales um, mindset or sales philosophy sales worldview sales frameworks whatever it is you want to call it i think that's why it's particularly useful so thank you very much for listening to today's episode. I'll catch you guys at the next recording.